Hello and welcome to Shuffle Buddies. Hi. I'm Chris. And I'm Casey. And we are the Shuffle Buddies. Woohoo! <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Uh, and I, we're really excited this week because... Uh, do you hear that? I <gasps> no, hear what? The, Is it UPS? Well, it's sim- similar. <laughs> it's jingle bells from a sleigh flying overhead. Because we are currently sitting in a room surrounded by... The wreckage of open gifts mm-hmm. from a holiday Christmas exchange. Yeah, just um, one week early. That was just pretty good for us. Yeah, I don't know why Santa's here. He already delivered it, and he's leaving, going back to prepare for the real children. Yeah, like that's the sound of him leaving because he went to our house first because <laughs> he knows that we can't wait. Yep. If there are gifts, we can't wait to open them. Yep. Casey and I are terrible at <laughs> waiting until it's time to give the we gifts. We are little babies. <laughs> like We cannot wait. Basically, it started because, well, it, we've always done this. We always open our Christmas presents and birthday presents and whatever presents early. It's yeah. like, as soon as you get the present for the person, it's like, do you want to open it? <laughs> but this time it was kicked off because you had done a big Target run and then... You got interrupted, and then there was stuff like laying on the bed, and I and I was like, "Oh, who's this blanket for? I hope you're not giving it away." And you're like, "Ah, damn it!" (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, "Well, should we just give each other our gifts right now?" I was like, "Yeah, I can totally do that." (laughs) We actually waited a long time because normally we do it really early. I know. Almost made it until Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) But not only was it Christmas, but it was Christmas. My birthday mm-hmm. and our anniversary, which are all within a week. five days of each other. Yeah, yeah. five days. Yeah, a week Six. of each other. Awesome. So, it was a lot of gift giving. Yeah, you got a lot of gifts all at once. and Because yeah. like I really had planned them to be more spaced out because they all <laughs> kind of relate to each other, but they're all independent. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, here's a toy and then here's batteries. Yeah. It's like, here's something cool. Here's another something cool. Here's another something cool. And then they could all work together and be cool together. And so then I was worried because then I was just like, here's all of this stuff all at once when I was going to space it out and kind of leave you hanging for the coolest one. Yeah. And not to be coy about it. I mean, people already would, if they've listened to the episodes this far, they've heard a little bit about this because Casey Mm -hmm. gave me a ton of gear, sequencers, beatboxes, things like that from Teenage Engineering. Yeah. Which I picked up a couple when we were in New York, and I've made mm-hmm. some songs that have been on the podcast. But now we are getting our studio chops pretty serious. I've got like this really cool sequencer keyboard, um, a whole bunch of pocket operators. Now I've got tons <laughs> like of pocket a lot of operators. Pocket operators. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're all different. Yeah, and so I think we. And I might borrow one. Yeah, you should because uh, I'm I'm musically dumb. Yes, <laughs> that's the cool thing about these pieces is like you don't have to be musical it's just like you just have to know what you like you just it's just another kind of tech device that you like a programming version of making music yeah it's so cool i love it like right away even just like last night it was way past my bedtime and you were like come and listen to this and then i was in here like for a half hour playing around with your little (laughs) keyboard synthesizer so it like you can totally get sucked into it yeah the cool thing I really like about the teenage engineering is those little pocket operators. Mm-hmm. That's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, which is a chunk of change to drop on a little piece, but it is super powerful. So if there's anybody out there that's like interested in like, would I like doing some of those drum machines or synthesizers or kind of making that music, you know, where you program the music into mm-hmm. a grid, kind of? What a cool way to give it a try. Yeah. They're pretty and, neat. And maybe to refresh people's memory or if they haven't listened to those old episodes, I'm going to insert my favorite mm. pocket operator song that I've made to date. We insert right, it right here? Right. No, right here.
That was awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so cool. And it's one of those things too, where it's just like, not only is it, it's something to do, but you have to learn so much about it as well. So it's like you're researching, you're learning about it. And it's like every single time you learn something new, you get to create something totally brand new. It's it infinite. There's infinite possibilities. It is a lot of learning. Yeah. But it's really fun. That's awesome. I'm super glad. I'm excited to kind of take one of those little pocket operators and play around on it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of playing around, <laughs> uh, one thing we have played around with lately is a brand new game. Oh, yeah. And it I think is, I know what you're going to talk about. Yep. It's called Seven Wonders Architects. Yes. I am a fan of all of the Seven Wonders so far. They yeah. Are, they're really doing a good job. And all of the Seven Wonders being Seven Wonders? Yes. Seven Wonders Duel? Yes. And now Seven Wonders Architects. Architects. Yes. And this is also designed by Antoine Bauza and published by Repro's Production, which is the same as the other ones, I believe. So mm-hmm. Seven Wonders Architects is... Kind of a simplified version of Seven Wonders. Yeah, for sure. And when I first heard that, I kind of was like, well, isn't that kind of like Sushi Go or something? It's just a drafting game that just is a little bit simpler to score. That's what I was picturing in my head. Um, But Seven Wonders Architect showed up on Board Game Arena. And just on the fly, I was like, hey, everyone, let's just try this. We all know Seven Wonders. You hadn't even played it or like read the instructions. You did it all on the fly when we were all sitting on Zoom together. Yep. And it worked out. I knew it was Simplified Seven Wonders, and we know Seven Wonders. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I thought it was going to be kind of like Sushi Go. And I'm like, we know Sushi Go. Yeah. I feel pretty confident teaching all of these people in real time on Zoom, which is not something I normally do. I usually know the game pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. But your family, they're really good, too. And I feel like they knew what they were getting into Mm -hmm. as well. So I think they're really good and didn't freak out. Because you read the instructions just out loud. Yes. And... And then you kind of synthesize them for us. But when you're just reading instructions out loud, it's really hard because it's like, should I be listening to this? But you're kind of going at a fast like pace. You're going at a clip. And then I'm just like, wait, I don't understand it. And so, But now I've learned to just like <laughs> let you read through the instructions and then you'll just tell me what to do. Right. And I think they know that too. And that's not the normal way I teach. But that's what how I teach when I'm teaching like super on the fly. Brand and I'm just new. like, I'm yeah. going to read this really quickly yes. and digest it. And I know no one's following along, but then I will just <laughs> say, okay, the points you need to remember are this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to the next section. So that's how we did Seven Wonders Architects. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was going to be a drafting game. Yeah. And it really isn't. The first big change is instead of passing around hand of cards, you have a lot of draw piles at the table. Yeah. And not even just like random draw piles. You yep. and your neighbor share a draw pile. Yep. Your neighbor, neighbor on both, both sides. sides. Yep. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have one giant general draw pile for yeah, the like whole table. Communal draw pile. Communal. The that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And so on your turn, you have a draw pile to your left, a draw pile to your left, Sorry. <laughs> I draw a pile to your right. <laughs> what kind of what kind of person? Two lefts. I, sorry, it's my, creepy. It's, it's a like curse. the um, MC Escher version <laughs> yeah. of a human. So you have a draw pile to the right, a draw pile to the left, and both of those draw piles are face up, so you can see both of the options in that case. And yes. then you have a communal draw pile in the center, and that one is always face down. You're kind of taking a flyer and just picking up a random card if you're going for that one. Yeah, because you're basically saying like, well, I can see what's to my right, and I can see what's to my left, and I hate them both. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a chance. In that sense, you're kind of drafting because it's either you or your neighbor who's going to take each card. But that's true. once you take the card, it is like a simplified Seven Wonders where there's blue cards that give you points. Yes. There's science cards that don't give you like compound scoring opportunities, but they give you bonus tokens that enhance the way you play the game. They give you little powers. Yeah. They do give you end game scoring or during game enhancements. Yep. And then there is also military which yeah. works very similar where you just compare your military to your neighbor. Yep. And then there is resources. And the biggest difference between the resources is when you're building your wonders and everyone is building a different, slightly asymmetrical wonder. Structure, yeah. They are not like trying to get certain resources. They are either trying to get two of a kind or three of a kind. Yeah. Or two different or three different. Or four. Or Isn't four there different. four? I feel yeah. like there's one that's four. But you're not looking for like, you're not like, I need wood I need because I can wood, only do this with wood. Clay. As yeah. long as you get two different ones or two the same, depending on what that section what level. of the, yeah, yeah. What section of that wonder needs. You just have to kind of collect those resources. So yeah. it is, 
I wouldn't say it really has the feeling of Seven Wonders Mm -mm. because in this game, unlike Seven Wonders, you just play in three rounds. And at the end of three rounds, you kind of add up your score. In this game, you are building your wonders. Yeah. And the first person to finish their wonder just ends the game. And so it's it's kind of a race where you're trying to like keep going up that wonder track, but also get points and military and keep trying to keep up on other scoring conditions. But it does end when someone finishes. So somebody can rush the end game like that. Mm -hmm. And then because they finish their wonder by no means means they're going to have the most points. Yeah. Because that means that they're, if they rush to finish, that means they're ignoring probably all the other possibilities Mm -hmm. for scoring. But I guess if they rush... It's hard to really build up scoring possibilities. Yeah. But to get to the top, that still takes quite a bit because you're pulling one card per turn mm-hmm. um, unless you have a special ability. And then the cards could be science, could be military, could be something else, could be resources. You are using those resources to build up. So it's like how many, there's like a two and a two and a three and a three and maybe a four, yep. maybe 14 resources resources, so that's like 14 turns at least Mm -hmm. so at least there's a little bit of game to play through if even if somebody is racing to the top but overall it's really light it's really fast and i thought it was just a new good family level quick game to play Mm -hmm. and i was pretty impressed i wasn't expecting a lot i guess because i kind of was like what's the point right because seven wonders is already pretty straightforward and pretty light pretty light and so i was like a lighter seven wonders like what is this yeah like basically what's the point (laughs) <laughs> What's it going to be? Um, but I like it better than Sushi Go. I think it's a little bit more complex than Sushi Go. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super fun. I really enjoyed it. I do like playing it on Board Game Arena. They just take care of everything for you. Yeah. You know, and so basically, once you get enough resources for the next level of your wonder, it automatically triggers and then takes care of <laughs> getting rid of the resources and turning over the wonder, all that stuff. Right. I have seen this in person. And the box mm. is quite big, actually. Really? Yeah, because it, it has kind of an oversized production where every wonder comes with like this little like plastic Tupperware that you store the pieces to the wonder in and any special oh. tokens that it might need or anything like that. Oh, yeah, because each wonder, there's like two levels that trigger a special ability. Mm-hmm. And those are different. And those are all different. Yeah. So part of me is like, that's cool. Like it's really, it's got a little bit of a play factor to it because the wonders are kind of like chunkier, more cartoony art than the original Seven Wonders. Yep. And they're these kind of big presents on the table, these big wonders as you flip over the pieces and fill them in. There's one that kind of looks like the Wicker Man. <laughs> Del and Trey said it looked like an old-timey football player. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it looks like they're just building them to burn them down. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's interesting, but I think if I wanted a lighter Seven Wonders, I also probably would want a smaller form factor. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, and we're probably only going to play it on Board Game Arena, so I say pretty good. I was just thinking, as soon as we started talking about it, I was like, oh, this might be a good one to bring to my family for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it's still... It probably would be good. It's a beautiful little... it's a beautiful mid-sized production. Yeah. <laughs> it is I, a nice looking game. So, yeah, yeah. And actually for the family, having it being a little bit bigger probably would be good because yeah. then it just is less fiddly. Yeah. That's but true. for you and me going to like, if we wanted to like bring it somewhere. Right. It defeats the purpose of being mm-hmm. light. It's not travel friendly. Yeah. But yeah, for family, that probably would be the perfect size. So we finished our games of Seven <gasps> Wonders Architects. And all your family, they were done for the night. Yep. They logged off. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I was sitting at like 742 games or something I think played. It was 743. 743 games played yes. on Board Game Arena. <laughs> so many games. And I was like, oh, Casey, I am seven games away from being eligible to be an alpha reviewer on Board Game Arena. Mm hmm. Because in order to be an alpha reviewer, you have to have played 750 games across at least 50 different games, been a member for at least five months, and have a perfect reputation. And oh, I checked perfect all perfect reputation. Perfect reputation. That's a big deal. Yep. And I checked all those boxes except for the 750, but I was just so tantalizingly so close. So close. So we just sat there and we're like, should we just like bang this out? Yeah. And we did. We played probably like three more <laughs> games of Seven Wonders Architects uh-huh. and then a couple of games of Sushi Go. And then I think we went back and played some more Seven Wonders Architects. I think so. Oh, no, no, no. Then we played Draftosaurus. Oh, yeah. <gasps> I think that's what we ended on. Yes. Draftosaurus. So they were just games that, especially with two, we could kick out oh my in gosh. four minutes. Seriously, we were playing for like 20 minutes to a half hour. 
yeah. probably to get seven games. Yeah. <laughs> then you got it. And then I got it. I Success. unlocked it and uh, I immediately signed up and immediately was approved. And now I have access to a whole new world of mm. buggy, untested games. But I'm excited because I have for been looking good. forward to that uh, milestone for a mm-hmm. long time. And now I'm here and it feels amazing. Yay, I'm so proud of you. And just so you know, I have played I have played exactly 750. I haven't played a game on Board Game Arena since. So I'm still at 750. <laughs> I've played 86 different games on Board Game Arena. Oh, okay. 86 different games. What is your um, dad at? He's way above me. Actually. I know, because he, he's played more games than you. Because mm-hmm. like, he doesn't just play with you on game nights and the family with on game nights. Like, he'll do... He just, yeah, he's, Other times, he like smatters if, him throughout the week with some of the nibblings. Available. Yeah, the grandkids want to play yep. or anybody else wants to play. He'll, he plays a ton. Yeah. But does, how many games has he played? How many different types? He is? has more than 50. He is eligible to be a reviewer if he wants to be. Ooh. So, um, pretty cool. He has played more than 50 for sure. <laughs> but I have been on Board Game Arena since November 24th, 2014. Oh my gosh. So I think that's seven years. That's so long ago. Yeah. And then That's he's awesome. been on since the beginning of the pandemic. Right. So actually, he actually is, has way more impressive stats because he's done that <laughs> 700. And what took me seven years took him two uh, years. Two years two, yeah. One and a half years, two years. Um, like one year and eight months. God. Yeah. And I also wanted to give a special thanks to one of our dear listeners, and I'll call him out by his board game geek name, Wombat929. Oh, yeah. Is this who you've been playing games with? Yeah, I have been playing games with him on Board Game Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so he helped me with this mighty achievement of getting to be a alpha reviewer. That's awesome. Thanks, um, Wombat929. Yeah. And he hosts his own podcast, actually, called the Pick Up and Deliver podcast. The Pick Up and Deliver podcast. Pick Up and Deliver, which is kind of a board game genre. So it's kind of a play on words. Yeah, Pick cool. Pick Up and Deliver games. I was going to say, I have to listen to that. I haven't listened yet. Yeah, his podcast is very different. He is much smarter about how he does it. And he <laughs> has a 15-minute commute to his train. So he like records his podcast as he's walking. So it's more of kind of talking stream of consciousness oh, just about topics cool. that he wants to talk about or new games or what's on the top of his to play pile. That and is so, smart. Yeah, so he probably puts them out much more regularly <laughs> than we do because we have to sit down with all these microphones and all this I stuff. I know, we have to like prep ourselves and be like, oh, can we really do a whole episode right now? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> And then we have to like play the game to get ready for it. Yeah, but we've been playing games for a couple months and mostly it's been an ongoing re-challenging of a game of innovation, mm. which is by Carl Chuddick. And it is similar to Glory to Rome and Matainai. A little bit, not really super similar, but it's it's got that multi-use cards Ooh, uh, yeah. effect that those games have. What's um, it called? Innovation? Innovation. Okay. Which awesome. I have and I actually love it. And we I don't think we've ever played it. I don't think I've ever played it, but I that sounds very interesting. Yeah. And it's a, it's yeah. a quick card game. Um, not when you play it asynchronously online. It takes a while. But. Right. You have 24 <laughs> hours to respond. Um, but that's been our like go-to, like hammering out games of that just because I've been really itching to play it for a long time. And, and now I'm getting that itch scratched. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It makes me happy. I feel like I am getting in hibernation mode, hardcore. Like usually I try to be a little bit more productive with my time, but I have just been like watching TV and not even just like new tv or like movies i've been watching just like reruns of the great british bake off (laughs) over and over and over again oh my gosh and just like oh especially on the weekends just stay in bed until like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock and just drink my coffee sit in there pet evie wait for me to go to the cafe and get you some how handy some baked goods so you can pretend like you're there eating the the treats yourself (laughs) but i didn't actually have to go anywhere i've been living in sweatpants and sweatshirts yeah this morning i did get you a pastry inspired by one you saw last night i think and you're just like i want one of those so bad oh is the raspberry cream cheese thing yeah i just i mean that's just my favorite one okay that is always my favorite one to get at bread and chocolate but yeah i've just been in hibernation mode i have like nothing to report on (laughs) (laughs) i've been reading the flight attendant i think hbo did a show based on this book and of course i bought this book at the hudson news like in an airport Mm -hmm. it's actually pretty interesting it's this flight attendant that wakes up after a one-night stand in dubai with an american that she met on her plane sounds scandalous and he's dead even more scandalous i know nasty o-m freaking g the fbi is involved there are assassins like worldly assassins and 
Just crazy. I've been reading like a chapter at night and then I just get so tired. Sounds like a summer bed. beach read. It definitely is. In the is. middle of a snow covered <laughs> winter wonderland. I know. It definitely. It's not my winter. It's not a winter read. It's a beach read. But I can only make it through like one chapter at a time. Then because I you're too fall. tired or because it's not that interesting? Because I'm too tired. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like if it was the summertime, I could just like sit on the deck mm-hmm. just like with a big brimmed hat on and an ice cold cocktail and just spend an afternoon out there but now i'm just like i'll huddle up and cold and everything's dark and i go to bed at 10 well that's fine but i mean like lately lately i feel like we have been doing a lot of like social events because we had a holiday party for you last night i had people over to our place on friday night for a work holiday happy hour that i was able to host i loved it i love hosting Mm -hmm. it was so much fun and so i got to wear my sparkly dress both nights so no sweatpants for me you were definitely the most sparkly dressed person at either party i think i was the most sparkly person at but yeah either party uh, but that's kind of where I'm at. Just been wrapping presents and watching Great British Bake Off and eating things that are inspired by Great British Bake Off because <laughs> it just makes me hungry and going to bed early. And we did see a Christmas play that if you're in the area, <gasps> oh yes, you should go check out A Very Diehard Christmas at Bryant Lake Bowl. You should check it out if you are already lucky enough to have tickets. Well, you can check it out next year. They've been doing it 10 years, so get your tickets next year. It's a hilarious uh, comedy, (laughs) improv, puppet show. Musical. Musical. It reminds me of that movie, Be Kind, Rewind, with Jack Black and Most Def. Oh my gosh. I feel like I know I've seen that movie, but I can't remember anything. The central theme is like they accidentally erase all the videos in a video store. So then they go through and recreate them. That's one by right. One. Oh, and my gosh. That's... It's very much a play version of that type of production. Yeah. Of Die Hard. It's so good. And it's the same people every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is my third year going. So Chris came with this year and I'm very happy that he liked it. Yeah, because it's it's just such a fun way to spend an evening that really sparks the Christmas season for me. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Minneapolis, Bryant Lake Bowl is like a bar slash bowling alley, and then they just have a random door off to the side that mm-hmm. opens up into this tiny little stage theater. Yeah, if you are in the area during the holiday season, try and check it out. If you're not, try and make it to Bryant Lake Bowl and check out what they're doing because they're always up to cool stuff. Yeah, BLB super fun. It's like a vintage bowling alley. Um, I think you still keep track of everything on paper. Yep. It's, I'm happy it's still around. I feel like all of my local haunts have been closing and BLB is still there. I mean, that one is on the edge of the encroaching gentrification from all sides. For, but yes. Oh my still, gosh. It's still there. It still holds on. Yes. That beautiful neon sign. I love it. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've been up to lately. We're getting into the season. <laughs> After Christmas, it'll be slower And it's cold and dark and it's like, what better way to spend your time indoors than playing games? Yeah. And we've been taking that time to transport ourselves to a magical (sighs) spring summery wonderland that is Wingspan. Yes. Lovely fields and water areas and forests. And and with that, I think it's time to go into our discussion on Wingspan. Yeah. Do you want to do the rules first? Yes. So once again, I have thought ahead and recorded the rules. So, so I smart. will tweet them. I will tweet, 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 tweet. bird song them. Yeah, you're not going to tweet them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said that and I was like, that sounds like a, that's, that takes on a different it's like, meaning. Nope, don't go anywhere. Don't go on Twitter. <laughs> I am going to uh, sing them to you right now. <laughs> there will be no singing though. Wingspan is designed by Elizabeth Hargrave, and it has art from Anna Maria Martinez Yaramillo, Natalia Rojas, and Beth Sobel, and it's published by Stonemeyer Games. Wingspan is an engine-building card game where players are going to take on the role of bird enthusiasts seeking to discover and attract the best birds to their network of wildlife preserves. The game is played over a series of four rounds, and at the start of the game, each player is going to get a small hand of bird cards, a few food tokens, eight action cubes, a secret goal card, and an empty player board that's divided into three habitats, the forest, grasslands, and wetlands. On a player's turn, they're going to choose one of four actions available to them on their player board, and they're going to mark which action they're taking by placing one of their action cubes on the corresponding space. 
The forest action allows players to gain food tokens from a pool of shared food dice. The grasslands action allows players to lay eggs on their various bird cards, and eggs can be used to power later actions and are worth victory points at the end of the game. The wetlands action allows players to draw new cards to their hands from a public supply. The final action isn't associated with any of the three habitats, but instead allows player to pay food tokens to play a bird card into one of the habitats on their player board. These bird cards are the heart of the game, and each bird card has a variety of information listed on it. The type of food it eats, the habitat or habitats that they can be played into, how many eggs they can hold, how many points they're worth at the end of the game, what their special action is, and more. And speaking of special actions, every time players take one of the first three actions, they then evaluate all the birds played into the corresponding habitat. Any birds with a when activated ability trigger, and that can allow players to do a huge variety of things from gaining more resources, drawing more cards, moving cards around the board, and more. Once players run out of action cubes, the round ends and there is an end of round scoring goal that's evaluated. After four rounds, the game is over and the player with the most points become the king bird enthusiast. And that's how you play Wingspan. Very informative. Yes. Did you like how I did an impression of every bird in the game during that oh rules overview? Oh my goodness. I can't believe you were able to fit that into just uh, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it is impressive because the first thing I would mention about wingspan is the gargantuan amount of individually rendered birds yes. that are on every single unique card no, in the yeah, game. No duplicates. No duplicates. It is a veritable smorgasbord of bird drawings <laughs> uh, which is a huge selling point it is oh totally totally for some reason and whenever i think of smorgasbord i uh just think of like charcuterie boards and something you're gonna eat and i was just like a smorgasbord of birds for I mean, your birds. eating pleasure uh but yeah that totally is like a huge part of it and i think it's such a appealing theme that it really is an accessible game this is the game you can find like in gift shops now yeah, I have been seeing Wingspan everywhere from the Science Museum yes. to the local gift shops to the board game stores and even our beloved hometown hero Target has it on its shelves. Oh, that makes sense. I was actually pretty surprised to see it in so many places because, I mean, it's not just like an entry-level game. No, it is not. It's not just something you can be like, huh, this looks super cool. I think I'm going to bring this for the family to play mm -hmm. and then just expect to dive right into it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of gift store things are like puzzles and, yeah. you know, just kind of things that have the artwork or have a little bit of that science edge. You actually saw a Wingspan related product yeah, in a gift I, store that wasn't even the game, but it was... It was a book. It was a book. It was a book of all the drawings. But it, um, it said like wingspan. It was like yes, licensed it is like a wingspan of the, yeah. book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is so interesting. And so it's not about the game at all. It's not like uh, strategies <laughs> or anything. It's just like here are the birds from the game wingspan. Mm -hmm. And on one side it has the drawing of the bird, and on the other side it has like info and tidbits about the bird. Yeah, and so the game does that, and it and it has all these different drawings of birds, and they must have put a lot of time and energy because they just knew that it was worth it to to put that much investment in this game to just say, you know what, we are going to... There's In the base game, there must be... I could look it up, but I think there's at least 160, maybe 200 cards or something. So that's Holy a lot moly. of different illustrations. And then on every card, it also has like little bird facts, info about the size and... Yes, the wingspan. Where it's from, all of these different yeah. things. It's published by Stonemeyer Games, and they obviously really understood like how broad this appeal could be. And they're like, we're just going to take the extra effort and really give it that zhuzh. Mm -hmm. Because you easily could have done this game and kind of just had like a predator piece of artwork and all the predators have the same artwork. Oh, for and, sure. you know, like a water bird and all the water birds. Or you could do it in or so even, many different themes. Yeah, you could have just done, yeah, you could have done a general bird and then just have like eagle mm -hmm. and a hawk and a yeah. vulture and just different drawings with the same base cards. But it's like every single card is unique. And it shows like what kind of nest that bird has, the wingspan for that bird. And then I think sometimes, especially with the predator birds, the bonus of the card is thematic yeah. basically drawing a card and if it's small you basically get like a free piece of food or something like that or that yeah. might actually be one of the places where the theme is really even part of the game 
mm-hmm. because I don't think like a lot of the game, I, I'm not really sure why the duck lets me draw two bonus cards or actions mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But the predator one is the one where the theme really hits home because a hawk will zoom down and have an ability that says something like you score points if you draw a card off the deck and it's below a certain wingspan. So it's yes. basically saying so this bird can only yeah, kill small birds. Yep. So that is kind of just like a nice little thematic tie-in. But then also some of the other themes are like this card can only live in water environments. That's true. You know, and it's like the swan mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And then also sometimes what they eat. Yeah. Maybe. That's I don't true. honestly know if like these birds only eat cherries. Yeah, that's probably. And worms. <laughs> that one might be a stretch. But yeah, there is. I mean, there is a little bit of thematic time. But ultimately, you're playing these bird cards into three rows. Yes. Because you're building a engine out of their bonus actions that they give you usually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That kind of brings me to why this isn't like necessarily a super approachable game that I'd be like, yeah, you can sell that at any gift stores. It's an engine building game. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is an engine building game where you're building three separate engines. You're kind of building one that helps you gather resources that you're going to be able to play cards with. You're building one, the second row that generates eggs that help you score points mm-hmm. and also pay for cards. And then the bottom row that helps you draw cards, which you're going to be able to play. So you kind of need to build up all of three of these engines at once, probably focusing on one or two, but you are kind of really just like using these birds as cogs in your tree engine, (laughs) your water engine, or your grasslands engine. But it's like there's two levels of this engine because it's like the more birds you lay down, Mm -hmm. the more that row will benefit you with Mm -hmm. its resource. So if you have more birds laying down on the top row, you're going to get more food when you choose to take that action. But then the birds themselves can also play into one another and each one can have an action. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certain cards that have actions every time you activate a row. And so it's like the last time we played, oh my gosh, you kicked my butt. You did a really good job at your birds all playing into each other so well. I think I must have been too focused on like the end round scoring to kind of guide me. And then also my end game scoring, like Mm -hmm. my bonus cards, where I was just like putting things out to fulfill those instead of like looking at the actual bird card and the actions that were on the bird card to figure out where should I put this? What cards are going to play off well to each other? When I activate this row, what actions are going to get triggered? And I think I did a really bad job at that last time. And you did a really good job. Because like when you would activate a row, it was like, okay, I get to draw two cards. And then I get to, um, we both get two cherries. And then I get to draw another bonus card. And then I get to play a bird for free. I just have to pay the thing. And then if I play a bird, then I also get this. And it is like, I was just staring helpless. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this turn, I'll take a piece of food. So you had a very frustrating game, I think, that last game, or you felt frustrated because you were watching me do a lot of things and then you were not doing as many things. Do you feel like you could have played the exact same game, but better? Yeah. You don't feel like you had played the best birds you could have? I probably screwed up. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played. Well, there's probably been a couple, maybe a couple games that I've won where I was just like, that's exactly what I'm sure... I'm sure I made mistakes in this game. Yeah. No doubt. I'm sure you've made small mistakes too. But I also think that sometimes, you know, you get really good birds that work together. Oh, yeah. I don't think I would have beat you because you just had the most amazing game of Wingspan I think I've ever seen. It was the, I mean, I'm not, I was going to say it it was the most amazing (laughs) Wingspan. But according to the scores we've logged in our scorebook, it was the best game by, by far, by a lot. Yeah. Like I just had a perfect engine, but, and I, and I was severely mediocre, but I feel like I could have done better, Mm -hmm. but I still wouldn't have beaten you. You feel like you could have done better. And I feel like I did really well, but I also got really lucky by just being like, I just got got amazing cards. cards. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times wingspan, it's pretty level, Mm -hmm. but that could happen. That Mm -hmm. could happen. Obviously there's a possibility that one person just draws really good cards. Mm-hmm. I wasn't drawing anything. Mm-hmm. It was a hard game for me because I was just not drawing any birds that had some helpful actions. <laughs> like there, I was just stuck in mud. Yeah. And that just happens sometimes. It does. And I've had games like that too, where I've just been like, wow, I just could not get 
my groove going. I don't really think there's a lot I could have done better to help me do that. Like yeah. I drew as many times as I could. Yeah. The face up cards weren't synergizing with what I needed. So I was trying to draw random ones. Certainly there's always ways to play better, but um, I do feel like sometimes you can just get bad draws and sometimes you can't. There's a few elements of randomness in this game in that you get, you know, different gold cards that might work with your bird cards. Yep. Also the way the food works, you're taking from a known quantity pool of food, but Mm -hmm. it gets re-rolled every six foods. So sometimes I could go and, you know, take exactly what I need. You're left with nothing. So you take whatever you have to, to be able to re-roll the dice again. Right. Um, whatever then, food I have, like I basically take whatever food is left mm-hmm. so that I can re-roll and maybe get some new food. Yeah. And if you don't, it can slow you down by like quite a little bit. Oh because yeah. Cause you, you need that food if you're going to lay down birds. Yeah. And, and you which need is, the right food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I was just, it was just like, we were playing two different games. <laughs> <laughs> and to that point, I think there's not a lot of player interaction in Wingspan Mm -hmm. where if somebody is doing really well, you can't stop them. You can't stop them. There's nothing you can do to stop them short from maybe taking food before they can get it. Yeah. And even like that even happened in that game when you just beat me so bad. You like from the, um, the three birds from the draw pile that you can see. Every time I was like, ooh, that's a good bird. I think I'll take that. That You took it right before me. Mm -hmm. That happened multiple times. And same with food. And then you wouldn't take any more food. And then there was just like a rat and a fish sitting in there. And I'm just like, all I need is wheat. And I couldn't re-roll until one of them was taken. I'm just like, ugh. Yes. I guess the thing that mitigates that slightly is that you can spend two food for any for different yeah. food resource. So you, that, you're never totally stuck. You're never totally stuck, but that is painful to do. It is painful to do. All of that said, I think that it's it kind of sounds negative because we're like it's really lucky or there is the possibility of that happening there is the possibility of getting really lucky and then there's also limited player interaction which could be a good or bad thing but i think i think that was a really conscious choice because what i did notice is like the only interactions this game are positive interactions yeah because one thing that i was doing even in this game where i was crushing you you were sitting on (laughs) you (laughs) you were sitting on a stockpile of food because all of my actions they gave me a lot of food but they also gave you some food so every Mm -hmm. turn i was taking where i was doing all these great things i was giving you food and i played those birds and i'm like this is going to help casey but i think it's going to help me more so i just did that um so you can like give people food you can let them draw cards mm-hmm. um and so making all the interactions positive is probably really smart for making it a game with wide appeal yeah because there's no like there's no way to be a jerk or kind of a play a feel bad game besides if you I just lost like if you're just like oh i lost badly which was like which was something you were concerned about before doing this podcast <laughs> because i like this game yeah. um and i have beaten chris badly some other times, mm-hmm. but this one, he just smashed me. And I was like, F this, this sucks. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, well, let's go do the podcast. And he's like, well, should we play another game? I don't want you to like go into the podcast feeling all negative about this game, but I had played it enough to know that mm-hmm. this was not representative of everything, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> it definitely, I was definitely just like, this sucks. Uh, yes, it, it does suck. <laughs> but I, I think that, yes. uh, Again, like you can't have those moments where I think about some of your Siegman family stories of hurt feelings <laughs> and shouting and all, you know, all sorts of. Yeah, we could probably still find ways to get our feelings hurt in this game. No too. slamming on the table, shouting, no table talk. No ripping cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that is probably a really beneficial thing to be able to make this just appeal to a lot of people. Yes. And the other thing is, at the end of the day, whether you win or lose, you are building a little sanctuary of beautiful birds. And yes. you get to sit there and you get to pronounce their funny little names. And read about them. And read and, about yep. them. And you can put together the best engine you can and score the most points you can. And even if you don't win, you're like, I did a good job. Like, here's mm-hmm. all the things I built. So I do like that you just get to focus on yourself because that's something I really like when I'm like building engines is like, I like to stay focused and not have somebody mess with my stuff or take something away from me or like in a race, you Mm -hmm. know, like we're all doing the same thing. And it's basically like, 
who was able to do the best thing with what they were given. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Like it's, I, that is a nice game to do when I want to play a game, but I just don't know if I'm up for <laughs> combating, you know, where yeah. I'm just like, I just want to like sit here and look at my tableau and just focus on me. Yeah. It's a gentle, it's, nice. it's a gentle game. And it also is not, it's not a game that really can overstay its welcome by much. Mm-hmm. I don't think. It goes well, fast. It goes fast. And one thing that I really like that, and this is also why it's really accessible, I think, actually, now that I think about it. Um, when you start the game, you get eight actions. Mm-hmm. And you have these little cubes that mark your actions. Um, but you don't have a lot of options. You can you have a couple cards in your hand. You can draw cards, but you can't draw many. You can take food, but you can't take much. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of use these first eight actions to build a little bit of an engine. And then at the end of that round, you give up one of your actions to place on the scoring marker in the center. Yep. And then you have less actions, yes. but you have a little bit better engine. And then you have less actions. And then by the last round, you have your engine fully built out pretty much, but you're down to almost half as many five actions. actions. Yeah, you have five actions at the yeah. end. So basically half the amount of actions. So yep. each round doesn't get longer necessarily. It actually kind of gets quicker in some ways because yeah. you just get less actions. You get to do a little bit more, but it makes it a quick game like it the end game comes up pretty quickly yeah and i like these metered games where mm-hmm. it's like you have four rounds or it's like it ends when this happens you know i like end game like when it's just like this is four rounds yeah like you a known quantity end game it's not a player triggered end game like yep. seven wonders architects mm-hmm. um yeah and also just dealing with complexity it has almost no complexity you can kind of sit down and give people the gist about how to get food how to lay eggs how to do that and then each round they just layer in a little bit more so they kind of and by the last round they have lots of things going on but you didn't have to teach all of that up front so i think that might help it be the success it is it's mm-hmm. just like that the entry point is by the end of the game it's a pretty complex game but the first yeah. round is pretty simple yeah and it is like there is a lot going on especially like if you really try to make your birds play into one another but you know at the same time, it's like you can do eight things. Like you have eight chances to do things. You have four options. Yeah. You can do this. You can do that, that, or that. The options it's almost like, seem really one. limited at the beginning where you're just like, boy, I go, well, I can't do this one because I don't have the cards to do it. I can't do this one. So I guess I'll get food or right. you know, whatever you need. You're like, I guess this is the action I'll do for the first couple actions. Yeah. And then eventually you kind of open up a little bit. Yeah. I think like the actual play itself is pretty straightforward. It just is like, there's a lot you could think about. Mm -hmm. But also the first time you play it, there's a lot you don't have to think about either. You can just play it and be like, oh, wow, yeah, that did not work out well at all. But you played (laughs) your first game. You could totally just play a game and you could just like really stink at it and not meet any of the goals and not, you know, your birds just like kind of doing random things, but you could still just play the game. Yeah. And we do just kind of play the game. It's a game that we pull out often when new people are over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've pulled it out kind of just as a random option for a game night game. Yeah. More than a lot of games that I can think about yeah. recently in the last year. I feel like, yeah, years. Wingspan has made an appearance at a lot of game nights because a lot of people have like heard of it. Um, and even if they haven't heard of it, it's just like it's it's super chill. It's a good one to introduce to people, especially because now... It's like, oh, you really like it? You can go to Target and yeah. get it. Or it's like, you can go to the gift shop, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's very accessible, and I really like that. It is very accessible. So I think we pick it to play with each other sometimes, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, it's so chill. It is so chill. Yeah. But it's not one that I'm like, I need to play Wingspan. Like, I got to play it. I have that super itch to play it. I'm just kind of like, you know, it's like a lazy night. I'm just like, what's easy? What's I think what's that's gentle. Yes. I'm just gonna pick this one. I think if it was like if you were what's in the mood frictionless. Yes. Yeah. I think for us, the itch you would be wanting to scratch <laughs> would be just wanting to play a game mm-hmm. and knowing me, and if it's like eight o'clock at night, there's very few options that you can like just like be like, Hey, would you wanna play Wingspan tonight? That's probably one game where I would probably always say yes Mm -hmm. because I know what to expect. I know it's super chill. I can totally play that game if you ask me at eight or nine o'clock at night. I'm (laughs) like, I can do that. I can do Wingspan. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. I actually wrote here exactly almost the same thing. I said it's pleasant. It's meditative. Easy to play. Mm -hmm. Always different. And I would probably never turn down a game. 
Yeah. It's just, I'm like, I, I'm not begging to get it off the shelves, but I'm just like, yeah, I would totally play that. Yeah. I'd probably, yeah, never say no to it. It's cool because it is a different game every time you play it because there's just so many birds. Mm -hmm. But then also, I still kind of know what I'm getting into where it's like, I don't know how this game is going to turn out, but it's a very comfortable game mm -hmm. and I like it. Because that's what I need, especially now in the winter time when I'm just like tired <laughs> and we have been in survival mode for, you know, 20 some months. And I'm just like, oh, I could just lay here and watch TV, but playing a game would be fun, too. This is one that will get me out of my funk. So with the holidays coming, mm -hmm. I think my main takeaway is this is a game to have during the holidays. This is a game to have when you're having people around and you're just want something welcoming that mm -hmm. everyone can play and maybe not everyone, not if you want to, yeah. If you, you want to play a game, yeah. if you want to get everybody to the table to sit down and focus on a game and not like a casual sit on the couch, people are still kind of randomly talking about other stuff. Like if you want to play a game, mm -hmm. this could be a good one. I think at the end of the day, I'm just like, Wingspan is a game I am happy to have in my collection. It mm -hmm. probably won't leave my collection ever, or maybe for a long time at least. Yeah. It's not on my top list of favorite games. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of like, maybe like a Marvel movie or something, huh. where it's just like, they're not my favorite movies. I'm yeah. never going to say like, my favorite movie is Avengers Endgame Part 2 or something right. like that. But if I was sitting on the couch watching Thor. Yeah. Or I if like, I was sitting around down. with my whole family yes. and I was where we all have to agree on a movie, I'm probably going to be like, we should watch the Avengers over. That's, we should watch Reservoir Dogs or something. You know? Totally. <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah. It just has that mass appeal. I Not like that it. Reservoir Dogs is my favorite movie. I just picked it. It was though in high school. So. <laughs> no doubt. Only I feel like the only major drawback... Those eggs look like those Easter candies yes, that do. you can get. And it is like so tempting to just bite one. Mm -hmm. And I'm 36 years old. <laughs> so I can't imagine what it would be like for a kid to see all these like fun colored eggs. Because they the color is the same. I feel like the, the finish weight, is yeah. the same. Oh my gosh. I just want to chomp into one of those. That's those a dangerous speckled trick. eggs. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have a trick like one. And they, you know, they have the little bowls for them and everything. Yep. So like one little bowl of... The pieces, and then like, you get those Easter eggs, and then just you mix just them make together. A huge problem, huge problem at the party. <laughs> it's a party game. Yeah. Is this a made out of wood or is this candy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think we both recommend Wingspan. I feel like every game that we bring to the podcast that we are going to be discussing, like, is a game that we would recommend, right? Because we would play it enough. To yeah, review it, and we don't play ones we don't like that. I much. feel like if we didn't like it, we probably wouldn't review it. We wouldn't give it any more time. I might talk about it in the beginning. And in the beginning, like, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but not as one of like the main ones. So yeah. I feel kind of like we recommend every game that we talk <laughs> about as like the main featured game. Yeah, but we should find a way to say like, but they're just so different. Like this is just such a good game for what it is. It's not. I wouldn't bring it out like I would Viticulture or well, something. There is a board game rating on board game geek that's one through 10 but the nice thing about that one is they ascribe a sentence to each one let me read it to you really quick oh i like that yeah because it's kind of like it'd be hard to rank this game and i don't know the original terraforming mars like it's hard to rank them on using the same point system because i think they're both great games but for different reasons all right i got it here okay all right so on board game geek a 10 says outstanding always want to play and expect this will never change hmm. so a 10 is means you always want to play it oh, and it will never change so you're not really judging the game itself you're judging your 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 willingness to play it basically yeah and so like a seven is good game usually willing to play and then a one is <laughs> defies description of a game you won't catch me dead playing this <laughs> Clearly broken. <laughs> but I think those I want to find some ones and find those <laughs> games. That's a good... I like those sentences. I like that. So I think if we wanted to start assigning numbers, we could. Yeah. Just using those sentences in mind. It, it makes me hesitate to assign numbers just because I think like listening to the discussion is probably more indicative of how we feel and... Yes. Um, but I feel like we always finish it out like, this is a great game. Yeah. I recommend it. <laughs> well, do you want to rate it? I would rate this one an eight. Very good game. I like to play. Probably I'll suggest it and never turn down a game. 
That's totally, yes. I think this is an eight for it's me. It's an eight. Eight for me. What is it for you? I think it's an eight too. I think, I think that's literally like the that's textbook literally what you said. what we said. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll never turn down a game, yep. but it might not be always the first one that I bring up. I guess. Well, that's fun. I like that. I think we might have to keep that. Okay. And then maybe, and then Board Game Geek will be like, oh my gosh, we hear you're using our rating system. We love you guys. Let's sponsor your show. I mean, everybody uses their rating <laughs> system. <laughs> like it is like no, a No, I doubt used, it. Yeah, I doubt it. Every, I don't think we need to base a whole, we don't need to put a whole lot of importance on it, but it could be fun just at the very end. Yeah. It's like, what's your willingness to play this game? Well, what a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> this was super fun. So if you are looking to reach out to us this holiday season to wish us a Merry Christmas or have us wish you a Merry Christmas, Mm -hmm. where can they find us? They can find us on Twitter at shuffle underscore buddies because they're shorter. They only allow you to have such a long description name. So that means Instagram is shuffle underscore buddies underscore pod. We're at shufflebuddies.com. And we're available for streaming pretty much anywhere. And then I'll let Chris talk about all the Board Game Geek stuff. You can find us on Board Game Geek. We have a guild and it's guild. 7196. Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) 3836. Oh my God. I got one number correct. So you can find us on guild number 3836. 3836. Okay, I'm going to remember that next time. Quiz me again next time. I mean, time. you say that every time. 3836. Well, we just started. I think it just started last time. Nope. It's been several times. 3836. We've already had a running joke where you pretended like you knew it, and then you <laughs> said it, and then I... Next time. Next three, time. 3836. Mm-hmm. And you can also find a complete list of every game we've discussed with timestamps. Yeah, even like the ones like just in the beginning. Yep. Ones that we discuss at longer length in the beginning, ones that are just mentioned in the beginning. Yep. They have to have at least a little bit of a discussion. A little bit. Not just saying like, this is a game. Yeah. Or one that we refer to while talking about another game. Yeah. But you don't have to remember any of that because if you go to shufflebuddies.com and go to the about page, you can find links to all of that and more. Oh, nice. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. So Shall we jingle out the way? Shuffle out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that an Arnold impression? No. No. <laughs> Jiggle out of the way to the White House. <laughs> it was like on an old Conan episode. <laughs> we got to jiggle out of the way to the White House. And with that, jingle, 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 jingle,